Howdy friends and welcome to the Full Disclosure Farming Podcast. I'm Erica. I'm a business school graduate turned farmer's wife. And I'm Joe. I'm a college dropout with a master's degree from the University of Hard Knocks. Together we run several successful farm and ag businesses. Let's get brutally honest about all the issues facing our generation of farmers and ranchers. Hello, party people. Podcast people. We are back. This will become episode five. We are talking about customizing your farm to fit yourself. Mm-hmm. Data, what's happening on the farm this week? Well, I got finished up mowing hay about a half an hour ago, so that was nice. Kind of regret that decision because... Already? Well, I don't know. I don't really feel like we should be mowing hay the 20th of October, but mm-hmm. by golly, we did it. Didn't like it last time. I don't like it this time, but we are going to chop that tomorrow afternoon, put it in the bunk. It's cheap feed, and as I like to say, it might not be good feed, but God damn it, it'll make a turd. And that is Sometimes. that is what we are after. You know what else is going on? What? There's 110 feeders in the barn. Oh. Bellerin, they brains out. Oh my goodness. We weaned this week, all but literally one calf. There's some Amish people rolling around here putting tin on. They're going to love that tomorrow. I feel like they're going to have to go tighten all the screws back up. The decibels rolling around in that joint are high. It's horrific. So if you're not farming, we wean the calves because at a certain point when the calves get to a certain size and age... It is then detrimental to the mother to try to continue raising that calf because their nutritional demands on the milk are too high. So, a.k.a. the cows are starting to lose condition and we're rolling towards winter like freight train. So, we need to pull these calves. We'll feed them ourselves and they'll be just fine. And that'll give the mothers, like, they'll go into their, like, rest and recover period. They're like teenagers going off to college. Yeah, the moms are, like, not sad. Like... They're sad for like the first day and then they just kind of wander off and go be on vacation. And it's funny because some calves lay down. Immediately. So like them are the kids that go off to college and don't call home for yeah. weeks. And then some just ball at the oh gate like day. the world is ending. It's kind of interesting to see. I had something I remember. I want to thank everybody for listening. Oh my goodness. We have gotten so many positive feedbacks. Yeah. Compliments um, have been good. All the feedback's been good. I've gotten a f- We do know that we have a sound issue. Working uh, on it. We're still... Thank you, Levi. Yeah, I'm, I guess, muffled or quiet. We all know that I'm quieter than Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are down a microphone still working on that situation. Does she order stuff from uh, Sheer? Sheen. Sheen. I didn't listen to our own advice from episode one. Sheen be not I good. I cheaped out on the microphones yep. and it bit me in the ass. So there's your lesson learned. All right, let's do our topic data. Customizing farming mm-hmm. to fit your situation, fit your farm, etc. Fit who you are. Yes, all the things. So we, I believe, probably have one of the most custom farms ever. Yes, very not cookie cutter. We, us, will do anything to make a profit. So part of this is numbers don't lie. All right, math will never lie. Me and you will look at a number. Yeah. And be like, whoa, money, go. Yes or no, yeah. We do that very often. We will change direction tomorrow so that we can pay our bills. To follow the flow of profits, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean... Contrary to industry belief or some people's belief, your farm is a business. Mm. It should be ran as a business and it should be making money in... Every day. In so, I know it's hard in ag a lot of times, but in some fashion it should be making money. I think that in agriculture it is hard to make money, but I think the biggest thing is that 
we make money in agriculture because we don't pay ourselves. True, that helps. If <laughs> it's so helpful, um, if really you makes if your you, bottom um, line look good, yeah, you don't really, think just take a paycheck or you know, you know. And I'm not saying that that please don't anybody ever think that we're like living in a poverty situation. We both drive nice vehicles. We live in a right. Uh, we have money for food. It's right. Not we live like, in a semi warm we're broke. house. We're, yeah, semi farmhouse. <laughs> it's warm on one side. Yeah. Depending on the way the, the wind blowing. And what do I hate most about my job is that I never check out. The greatest thing that people work from 8 to 5 have is they work from 8 to 5. And then when someone calls them at 6, they don't have to answer because they they're, don't have they're to. not on the clock. So, but we have tailored our business more and more in the last recent few years to accommodate our goals. And I think that a lot of farmers get lost in that transition. Well, I don't think goal setting is a huge thing in the industry. Which is dumb. Yeah. Okay, so the last episode we talked about um, giving permission for things. Mm. So this is your permission that your farm can look completely different than your neighbor's farm. And that's okay. And you can both be successful and still not be like one another. I think farmers are the worst judgiest bastards. And even I, like, slap myself. Like, no. If you need a sound effect, you could ask me. No, you smack me. <laughs> We're going to get on the floor and take our clothes off. You know, thing. Wrestle about it We're again? wrestle okay. about it. I think that we, as farmers, judge terribly for no goddamn good reason. Yeah, which I we mean, touched on last episode yeah, a lot. That must be nice and, you know, just yeah. the judgmental eye. I think that farmers fall into the screw. This is what I have. This is the card I'm dealt. And this is what I'm going to do. In the belief that they can't change their yeah. own system. Sure. Yeah. So first of all, you should do what you like. And that's not the same as your neighbor. I do enjoy myself for the most part. There's days I get wildly overwhelmed when I get tired. I mean, you can only go so many nights where you get four or five hours of sleep and you work 80 hours a day or 90 hours, whatever. 80 hours a day. That's what it feels like. But farmers get overwhelmed. And they just, the easiest thing for a farmer to do, myself especially, is to cower and I'm just going to do what I know. Just do what you always have done. Because it's it's scary. And you shouldn't just do something because that's the way it's always been done. But you need to have a certain level of energy to tackle that project. One thing where I broke the mold is I refuse to do anything I can't make money at. I have run some wild numbers. I am a numbers guy. Like, if you could look at the apps on my phone, the calculator app is probably the most beat up app in the world. And the amortization schedule app, just because of interest rates, and I like to know that shit. And then Farm Futures. Like, I spent a lot of time on my yeah. apps knowing, but that that's like a business strategy, For sure. you know? I think that a lot of farmers don't spend time wondering how they're going to make money. Yeah, and that's another thing. You should do what is profitable for you because what your neighbor does, maybe he's losing his ass at it, but you could do it and make some money at it. Maybe the farm, the next door neighbor bought a pile of new tractors and maybe that guy's so fucking upside down in debt. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know his situation, you know, it may look, that's like a perfect grass is greener on the other yeah. side type of a situation. Customizing your farm to where you are located. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the biggest disconnects with agriculture and the internet yeah. is you Agreed. see something online and just because you don't do it that way or you've never seen it done that way, you're like, you immediately go into like attack mode where you're like, that's stupid. There's so many better ways to do that, blah, blah, blah. Why? The internet is a weird place because people Education. don't consider where you're farming and why maybe you're farming. That way they just assume, you know, so, they just make assumptions. So here's a, a big difference 
between here and central Illinois. I have never in my life, what? No S. Illinois, yeah. <laughs> I have never once in my life applied anhydrous. Ammonia? Pink but I've never in my life once used that product nor applied it. And I would love to do that because if I could put a person in the field right now putting my nitrogen in the field right now and i've asked this question multiple times why don't we use anhydrous and all i can get out of my agronomist people is it's dangerous well if tony reed can use fucking anhydrous ammonia why can't i i mean i watched that guy shrink a dollar bill into like i mean crazy go to his tiktok yeah i mean when we went to angus convention I distinctly remember like the mm. conversations revolving around Ooh, good. how many acres per cow. Like how many acres do you need to support a cow, and right? And we these were guys are to like, say hello. yeah, these guys are like spitting numbers out, and we're like, uh, actually, where we're from, it's how many cows per acre, and that's fine because that's what works for us, but, but it doesn't work for them. But I think that acres per cow versus cows per acre, those guys out there fight for water, which right? we do not. Which we do not, but we fight with pneumonia oh, because absolutely. of and pink eye and yeah. I'm not saying one's better. No, 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 no. But I'm saying like like I've made TikToks about how we fight the rain and all the right. You know, and people, people are like, like you just send them out to pasture. You just need to. You, we would take all that rain, and it's like you would until you couldn't fucking stop it. Yeah, if anyone listening is not familiar with our setup, we run a partial confinement mm -hmm. situation with our beef herd. Yeah. They're outside and have access to 23 acres of pasture. There's 130 cows, pairs right now. So they have access to that acreage, but we don't rotate or manage the pastures. So like once they eat it down, it's basically just a dry lot that they hang out in because we feed in the barn every day. So they come inside, they get fed. And then go back outside to chill. So we're looking at 130 cows on 23 nine, acres. Nine acres. Yeah. People are like, oh, you should just pasture all that land and, you know, you could run your cows on that. And it's like, I don't know the exact, like how much, tell them about like the production level of like corn that we get off of acres. So, I mean, obviously right around the farm is our best fertile ground. It gets all the manure, it gets everything. But, and I don't like to talk about this like out loud because people get emotional, but one year, we averaged 38 ton of corn silage per acre. Every year, I have not been below 10 ton of snaplage per acre. And if, what was your picking corn appraisal this year? What? Tell the people that. Well, because I don't want to be the guy know, that's like, I'm, I, I, I'm better, you know, whatever. But like, like 212 for New York State, that's a big number. We are 82 bushel on wheat. We have some enormous yields. There is no fucking way I could send a cow to a field to harvest 30 ton of corn silage. Right, you're going to use that one acre to feed one cow, or we can use that acre to feed, I don't know what the conversion is, but a lot. 30 acres, and I could put 100 pairs out there for 15 days, and it's gone. Or I could Literally, because we tried it. Or, yeah, I mean, we do it all the time, but I mean, we could pl we plant that field, and we harvest 1,000 tons of corn silage. Yeah. Which it's feeds, a no-brainer, yeah. Which feeds the herd for the winter. Not for 15 days. Yeah. I invite and challenge anyone to come here. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Anyone's You welcome. know, I invite anyone's anyone. Welcome. You're Don't more than... show up uninvited. Call before you come. No, fuck it. Show up. I don't know what the word is. No, I Surprise know. me on my worst day. Okay, if you We're saw be Joe's ready. TikTok today... Erica what? in sweatpants, please don't show up unannounced. You're going to get Erica in sweatpants. Yeah, so customizing your farm for what works for you, what you like, what is profitable, 
the land you have, where you live, you know, that all even comes back to your type of soil, oh, you know, yeah. your type of cattle, your rainfall. I mean, there's so many variables here. So you need to figure out what works for you. What I don't know about Illinois. 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 That's Illinois. a really Illinois. fancy way. <laughs> Illinois. Illinois. What I don't know about, I feel like we farm every kind of dirt. We farm shit dirt. Us we farm, personally? Yeah. Yeah, we have everything. And I don't know, and I would, I mean, fuck, man, I'll go anywhere and learn because I want to. In Nebraska, do you find, do you farm like wildly different types Drastic of different dirt? different types of soil. Do and you and get, that's like, cool. The whole thing that farmers forget, and I don't know why we're so goddamn combative. Why are we fighting? Like, could you realize, like, we will make more money? Right, let's share the secrets. We, and we've said this all along. How many dairy farmers do we know will drive 12 miles next to the other dairy farmer's farm and farm a piece of land and that dairy farmer farms 12 miles? Like they these motherfuckers will fight each other. Profitability versus dick measuring goes out the goddamn window. Next component we had jotted down for customizing your farm is based on the equipment that you have. If your equipment is like Sketchball City, probably don't farm something 40 miles from your house, right? Do what's appropriate for what you have at that exact time. I'm not saying you can't do better, upgrade your equipment. That's what we've been doing. But you need to set yourself up in a way that you're not making more headaches for yourself. Do not go out with a Farmall M and a small square baler and try and rob the neighbor of a hundred acres of ground. Sit quiet and have an 8940 and a 2270 Massey Ferguson high density baler and go out and be ready to party. Right, strike when it's appropriate for you. Strike when the fucking iron's hot. So many people will go out and rent land, you know, they're planting corn on the fucking 28th of June. What people often forget is corn silage is worth $50 a ton. You go and you lose five ton because you got it in late. $250 an acre. You lost your ass. So the other variable we wanted to highlight is the people that you have. Maybe farming like your neighbor doesn't work for you because he's got 12 South African guys that work mm, for him. And you've yeah. got your cousin, Billy. Billy. And Billy's dumb. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but really, everybody's help situation is so different that you have to do what works for you. Well, and the other thing too, like... Fuck it, let's blow the top right off of this. There's a lot of farms in this area that get a lot of fucking financial assistance from the government. Yes. So if you think you're going to stack up against them... Right, we don't really play the FSA game thing, so we don't... Uh... No, because FSA stands for fucking stupid assholes. Okay? <laughs> Listen, and I will go down this road anytime you want, but right now, just this morning, I found out that there is, when the budget passes, there is farms that suck major dick <laughs> at farming. Like, dick. <laughs> fucking literally bags of shit farms that are waiting on checks that are $250,000. Yeah. Six digit checks waiting then, to come out. And then here guys. I am, upset and pissed off because... Why does everybody think that farmers are leeches of the government? Well, that's fucking why. Christ on a cracker. 250, do you know what we could do with 250 fucking grand? My thing is more like weaponizing these guys like checkbooks and then we show up at the auction to try to compete with these guys and we have are. to use our own money that we earn. Real life money, And yeah. we ain't got a fucking chance. Yeah. One of my favorite farmers. Hi, Clayton. <laughs> Hi, Clayton. This one's for you, Bob. That's not fair. You can't call his name out.
Platon. <laughs> so me and Clayton had this conversation, and it was regarding crop insurance. It's like and a whole business plan. Yeah, you can be a complete piece of shit and farm with crop insurance. Me and him had this conversation, and I went... So, so crop insurance is subsidized by the government, so... If I pay $8 an acre, the government pays $8 an acre. All right, we're being full disclosure here. I have nothing to hide. I don't really care. Me and, and Clayton both said, I wish the fucking government was not involved in crop insurance. They're not involved in your fucking homeowner's insurance. Why should they be involved in crop insurance? So the other thing that I feel like this is going to get sideways Ruh, is my right. partner here is size doesn't matter for your farm. Shydick gets no pussy. <laughs> But truly, no, I mean, I'm not that you guy. may find that if you downscale your farm, it may be more profitable. And that's fine. Mm. As long as you know that. No, I just thought you were going to make it perverted. Mm. No, I mean, I have a mediocre penis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that there is a lot to be said about doing what you can do and doing it well. Within your means. Being proud of it. So this is one thing that also has always maybe fascinated or bothered me. Imagine having owning an acre you haven't stepped on. We own a thousand acres. I know that I've seen every inch of the acres we own. I'm an avid hunter and I have explored every inch. Being the maple thing, like with the hardwoods. Yeah, you're like, in the woods. I've, I've seen every acre. But imagine walking into the woods and seeing a valley that you've never seen before in your life. I think there's a lot of farms that have left that. That have Behind, not, yeah. If you own that many acres and you've never seen some of the beautiful views. So the last tidbit I had for this was uh, just a friendly reminder that there's space for all of us. Yeah. And so on the flip side of this coin, when I'm telling you that you can be different than your neighbor, I'm also going to tell you don't judge your neighbor for being different from you. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point, and I think there's a new <coughs> generation of farmers coming right now that are maybe like... I think change is coming, for sure. And I think that we all have our place. Yeah. The best farmers are farming right now. Yes. I think that 20 years ago, there was a difference in profit where you could cut some corners and not be a great farmer. And still get away with it. And still get away with it. Financially. But I think today... You better be good or get the fuck out. Yeah, or it's you're going to get the boot out. You or, you're gonna, or you're going to run yourself out. Yeah. So we just wanted to finish up with five general tips for, uh, I guess, business. But, you know, our ag people. So number one is the numbers don't lie. We kind of touched on that. So this is a business. Run it like a business. Make sure the numbers make sense. I have this little sheet in front of me, which is a profit projection from our nutritionist that specifies... Profit per head, profit on the group, cost per day of feed, the break-even sale price you must must achieve based on your inputs. I mean, this is like, there's so much information on this. I didn't know what Brian did there. I didn't know that was like, he could do that. Yeah. Well, there's like a concept of like, oh, it's just a farmer. Right, we're not here winging it, people. This is a science. But I didn't know that we could be that Yeah, that it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, number two. Bullshit will never put food on the table. And also, the guy that told me shy dick gets no pussy is the same guy that said bullshit don't pay the bills. And that's the same, that's that's it. I can remember a lot of times, like, we'd combine a field when I had the old 7720, and that field would yield, you know, beans, you know, best ground, and 
it was maybe 10, 12 acres, and boy, it'd go, I don't know. We never really crawled over 50 bushel, you know, back in the day, but, you know, and, and there was a certain somebody who'd be like, ah, our beans are yielding 50 bushel. Well, then we hit the next field, and here a bean, there a bean, <laughs> was it everywhere a bean, bean, you know, is fucking terrible. Did a lot where, like, uh, struggled in headlands where woodchucks ate the beans off and well, you know, if it weren't for them, well, we made 70 bushel because we didn't. My highest bean yield ever was 61 bushel. And uh, and everything went right for me that year on beans. You know, so we just like fell into this groove where like we're 60 bushel bean producers. I mean, that's not jack shit com compared to the Illinois people. And now we're really coming to our own. And a lot of that is fake until you make it. We don't want you to brag so much that you start to believe the it thing, about yourself. That you're the like, thing oh about, yeah, we're so good, it's perfect, everything's great. Like, the be thing real about, with yourself. Yeah, the thing about crops is, is that, like, the crop, there's no margin for fucking up. The bragging thing, in a farm aspect, is just fucking be humble. Pull this card out time and time again. It's the boomer thing. Boomers taught us that you got to tell everybody you want. How many farms now do I talk to? And like, yeah, that was a, that fucking didn't work. Yeah. You know, like, cause I'm I'm the first person to tell you that I fucked up. Well, like, this full disclosure thing that we got going on is like, it's our like daily life. I don't know. We're all just fucking up trying to do our best yeah okay number three uh let the market dictate your growth so we'll kind of elaborate on this more when we do our full about us story we started with freezer beef and we had like one steer for ourselves and then it was like oh the cousin wanted one the neighbor wanted one and we were like okay like i guess we'll do another one and then you know it just kind of grew from there but we let that demand dictate. Literally, we're like, I guess we sell steers now. Yeah, our realization that the community wanted. Yeah, it. and then our beef customers were like, "Do you sell pork?" And we were like, "Yes." Do you remember? Like, let's have a short talk <laughs> no, about that. No, but yes. So I'll never forget, and this is Bob. Yeah. Somebody needs to ask about Bob so I can <laughs> tell the damn story, okay? But Bob called me and he's like, "Do you sell pork?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I saw a great meme the other day, and I wish I would have screenshotted it. It was basically along that exact lines. It was like, if you see an opportunity, take it, and then hustle like a motherfucker to figure out yeah. like how to satisfy that need. Yeah, like, and that's exactly what happened with that. Like, fake it till you make it. Like yeah. The premise is don't force your business plan until the market is ready to accept it. Right. You need to just kind of follow the flow of what the demands. Number four is yours, prerequisites for expansion. Just real brief, I think that expansion is is wonderful, but I think that when you, when you, you need to sit down at night with your business and be like, we are doing everything we've done, we've done right. We've not missed a step, skipped a step, we've not shortened, we've, not, we've never cut a corner, we've made everything perfect, we're ready for another 100 acres. Right. If you're drowning and you're not getting your current tasks done and start, shit's starting to slip away, like that is not the time to grow. Right. But my point is, is that a consumer sees you grow corn that's not over hip deep and, and looks like dog shit and whatever. And then that same consumer watches you buy 75 acres next door and they're like, this fucking slob is not happy until he's the biggest slob. So that's where farmers get a bad rap. So it just requires you to be honest with yourself. And so does number five. So review, reflect, and revamp. So if you're not constantly looking back at what you've done and where you've been 
and then taking some time to marinate in that, you know, reflect and like be proud of yourself, but then also revamp and make changes for the future. Mm-hmm. Because that's how you stay ahead of trouble. I think that, yeah, trouble is always waiting. All right, here's our get to know us. Would you rather not eat your favorite meal ever again or only get to eat your favorite meal for the rest of your life? Oh, shit. I, I could eat that the rest of my life. Oh, really? I'm Fuck going yeah. the other way. I'd rather sacrifice my one favorite meal to still get the variety of everything else. Oh, I feel like I could, I could eat a Hogan sub. Forever. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I maybe. See, I don't know what my favorite meal is, but I know that I like... I know what mine is very well. I know that I like plenty of enough things quite a lot that I would be okay. There's a little restaurant in town. And it's this, not a restaurant. It's whatever. It's a deli. It's a deli called Hogan. And... If you're Mal- not from around here and you ever come to Western New York, go get a Hogan sub. Mike Hogan is a wonderful person, and uh, that Hogan sub has been a staple. Decades. A fucking staple. When I'm having a bad day, I go get a Hogan sub. When I haven't ate in 36 hours because I've been calving cows in or I've been, you know, maple syrup, I will literally drive myself to Hogan's and have a Hogan sub, and I will sit in his little shitbox parking lot and eat that sub and be the happiest fucking guy in the world. They're great subs. If I went on a cruise and all they had was Hogan subs, I'd be like, fuck yeah, man, this is neat. Hogan subs and crown. So I guess that's the end. Um, The only thing I want to mention is at some point we're going to do an episode all of like Q&A. So you can submit to us on any of our socials if you have a question. Like I've had a couple people like message me like, you know, there are questions that take a minute to answer, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I can't make it into an episode, but I'd love to address it. So, we're going to do some Q&A episodes once we get enough questions built. We could also do what would be fun would be a live TikTok live that podcast. Sure. Where we record questions, you know, maybe yeah. we'll do maybe our next episode to be sell yourself. All right. Well, you know the deal, party people. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating and a review so that we can make more friends in the podcast land. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you. Bye.